Self-care means giving yourself permission to pause. Cecilia Tran. Welcome to the Smart Money Mama Show, where moms get real about money to help you find your financial confidence and live your best life. Now let's talk money, mamas. Hey there, mamas. I'm your host, Chelsea Brennan, and today we're talking about self-care. Now, I've been wanting to tackle the topic of self-care for quite a while, and let's be real, we're not going to cover it all in one episode. There is way too much to unpack here. But part of what held me back from starting this conversation was that I struggle hard with self-care in my own life. I pretty much suck at it. I'm learning and I'm practicing, but I'm one of those people who always lives on the edge of burnout. I saw a tweet a couple weeks ago from writer Ashley Ford that said, my husband asks me if I've had water like parents ask their kid if they've used the bathroom before a long drive. He always acts like I'm going to lie, which I am, but WTF, I'm grown. I know he's right, but that's not the point. And truly, I'm still laughing. I immediately showed this text to my husband who said, that's funny, but for real, when was the last time you drank any water? My lack of skill in this self-care area, which at its very basic level is just me keeping myself alive and healthy, that struggle isn't unique to me. I think as a society, we don't prioritize self-care. I think that if you're a woman in our society, and a mother in particular, then it's even harder. So today's episode is really going to be two things. First, I'm a rant. I want to tell you some of the things that structurally and systematically make it hard for moms like us to prioritize our own care. Second, I'm going to attempt to actually be helpful and present three strategies that I'm implementing in my own life to get better at self-care. Because the kicker of it is, you can't ignore self-care. Not forever. You'll burn out. You'll have stress. You'll snap at your kids and miss the little glimmers of opportunity that could turn into something amazing but you miss them because you simply don't have the energy or capacity to see them. We cannot thrive when we can't take care of ourselves. We can't teach our kids how to honor their own needs when we don't know how to make space for our own. So, all right, everyone ready for a little Chelsea rant? I know you mamas can handle this. In preparation for recording this episode, I posted on Instagram and in our Mamas Talk Money Facebook group, asking moms why self-care was hard for them. And the answer is, Mama, oh my goodness, I felt them in my soul, and they broke my heart. One woman on Instagram said, this comment box isn't nearly big enough, which I think was the answer that was closest to the truth. But other women said, there are so many other important things to get done, it often feels unproductive. And... Guilt, I work outside the home, so I feel every other moment should be spent with the family. And I feel like if I get one thing done, another suffers. If I work out, the house is a mess. If I go to bed on time, then there's no meal planning or clean laundry. These types of struggles have become synonymous with motherhood in the worst way. There are multiple factors that create this outcome because it's a complicated issue. So let's start with time and a little story. I was working the other day and I told Lauren I needed to take a break and was going to go do something for myself. Good first step. Turned into horrible execution. I went to take a bubble bath and to read a fun fiction book. This choice was strategic. If I went to the hammock or sat on the couch, I'd last about two minutes before I got up to do something for the boys or to put laundry away. As soon as I start self-care stuff, my mind 
buzzes with everything else that I quote unquote should be doing. But if I get in the tub, I'm slightly less likely to be disturbed, hashtag toddler life, and I will stay in for at least a half an hour to avoid wasting the water. See? Strategic. So I got in the tub. And after about five minutes of reading my book on my phone, all right, so I'm deep in this story now and I'm realizing that this admission may be a little much, but I went to check email and I spent the next 40 minutes in what was supposed to be my time to regroup, answering emails and Instagram comments and outlining a podcast episode. Yes, from the bathtub, apologies. And at the end, I was so frustrated. What a waste. If I was going to work, why didn't I just stay at my desk? Our to-do list as moms are black holes. There's always something else to be done. And if we want to look at housework gender gaps and childcare gender gaps, we don't always have a lot of help. Now, I totally do. I will shout that from the mountaintops because it's a massive freaking privilege. But for the many, many, many moms that don't, our time is limited. And so when some company's marketing or a friend or your spouse says, you work hard, take time for you, we collectively roll our eyes. Like, sure, when the heck would you like me to do that? Or great, another thing to add to the to-do list. But here is where we come to the second part of the self-care issue for moms. Women are superheroes. We have women on this show all the time that are doing amazing things. Take Jennifer from our last episode. She works a full-time job, runs a side business, is launching another business, and has built her life and her businesses around still having enough time for her family. I can't actually speak to whether she's making enough time for herself. I hope you are, Jennifer. But the point is, we can make time for what's important to us. And as moms and as women, we don't know. Like, literally, we don't know how to begin to prioritize our own needs over any item on that black hole to-do list. I have spoken to so many moms who have told me that they can't feel like they deserve time for self-care until their to-do list is completely done. And that list is never done. I have actually said to my husband that when the business makes X amount or when the house is organized the way we want it, I'll build a better habit for self-care. As if until those milestones, my health and happiness don't matter. And this begins in childhood. Girls are taught from a young age to manage other people's emotions, to smooth situations and deprioritize ourselves in service of others. Selflessness is held up as an ideal. Our generation is trying to change this with our girls. I have boys, as you all know, but I see my friends working hard to help their girls own the space they take up in the world to help them live as their fullest selves. But as grown women, we mamas struggle to model it. And part of that comes from when you've always prioritized other people, and then you become a mom, and you add this extra layer of the perfect mom insane model of being 100% present all the time, doing all the things, we find that we simply don't know how to take care of ourselves. Full stop. It goes all the way down to the levels of drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, and eating healthy. The staying alive level of self-care is hard for us because we've never practiced it. Think about the number of times growing up your mom ate dinner cold because she was serving everyone else, getting drinks for everyone, tidying up the kitchen before sitting down. 
The number of times I watch my mom stay up until three o'clock in the morning preparing for holidays or birthday parties or packing us up for vacations and then waking up after only a couple of hours of sleep to be the hostess with the mostess all day, it's staggering. And then think about those funny, not funny memes of mom lunches and dinners being half-eaten cold chicken nuggets. Like it's some humorous rite of passage for a mom to be fueled by a toddler's leftovers. We are told everyone else on the planet first, and we do it. So when someone comes along and tells us to practice self-care, part of it may be lack of time or lack of money. But for many of us, deep down, we hear a voice that says, I don't know what that means. And we feel like we're failing. One mom in response to my Instagram post about why self-care is hard responded, I haven't found what works for me. When you've never really prioritized yourself, and I truly mean your own well-being, you don't know what fills your cup. You don't know where to start. In a world with these endless to-do lists and hustle culture that encourages us to monetize every spare second of our day, we're terrified of what we perceive as waste. What if I take a half an hour to draw and at the end, I don't feel any different? What a waste. I better just do the dishes or answer another client email. We're scared of wasted time. We're scared of not knowing. We're scared of someone calling us lazy or selfish. And it's a damn shame. I won't pretend to have the answers here. This is a journey I am very much still on. It is a journey, though, where I have learned that I very, very much need my mama friends, people to nag me about prioritizing me. Lauren even set a daily reminder in our company Slack channel to remind me to take a break and eat lunch. And often that's the first time I ate that day. I'm going to go and move in a second into the three strategies I recommend for all moms when it comes to self-care. But first, I want to take a moment and be your self-care mom friend cheerleader. So take a pause, stop however you're multitasking, since I know you totally are, and listen very closely. You are worthy. You are unique and hardworking and powerful and beautiful. And you deserve to honor yourself by taking care of your body and your spirit. Other things can wait. You can. It might feel like you can right now, like you're holding it together, but don't accept a life where you're holding yourself together with duct tape. Keep yourself whole. Put on your oxygen mask before trying to help others. And if you're still in a place where you need to center other people instead of yourself, Remember this, you will be a better mother, a better partner, a better friend when your cup is full. You want to show up for the people in your life? Learn how to show up for yourself. With that pep talk out of the way, let's take a quick word from our partners that help make the Smart Money Mama show possible. Then we'll tackle strategies to start learning how to be better at self-care. Today's podcast is brought to you by Policy Genius, my favorite online marketplace for life insurance, homeowners, and disability insurance. Get multiple quotes from trusted providers in just minutes and complete your application right on the Policy Genius site. Head to policygenius.com forward slash smart money mamas to see if you could be saving money on your premiums today. Welcome back, beautiful mama. Let's talk about that partner spot for just a second. Not the partner specifically, though Policy Genius is really amazing and I love them, but about the spot itself, because that right there is an example of me practicing self-care. It might seem small and not how we typically think about self-care, 
But when we've thought about ads on the podcast in the past or having sponsors at the Mama's Talk Money Summit in the fall, I get all these competing thoughts about putting everyone else first. I don't want to inconvenience the listening and flow of the show for any of you mamas. I don't want anyone to email me and think that we've sold out. And so for a while, we didn't have ads. This show is free and it will always be free. Yet I spend hours every week on it. We have an amazing podcast editor that we pay well. Lauren and Kendall, who work on the Smart Money Mamas team, create the show notes and social share images and communicate with our podcast guests. To put the Smart Money Mama show out in the world, I was valuing my time and my expertise at zero. Actually, that's not right. I was valuing it at negative dollars. We can choose to only work with sponsors who have products that I love and with company policies and social missions I believe in. I will always be picky in that way because it aligns with my values, but I cannot choose to not treat my business like a business. It's bad for me. It's bad for my family. It's a bad example to you. I think we need more mamas out there demanding their worth for their time and talents. And so I better freaking be leading the charge. And so we put in the ad spots, which actually brings us into the first of the three strategies to help us create better relationships with self-care as moms. First, you need to accept that not all self-care is fun. We talked before, specifically on episode 23, Finding My Why, about how self-care at its root is about health and safety and security. Eating well, sleeping, drinking enough water, exercising, creating financial security to reduce stress and mental load. In Mary Beth on episode 43, she called it out beautifully. She told us that for her, she knows exercise is important, but it doesn't feel like self-care. She doesn't really enjoy it, and it feels like another item on her to-do list. She does it, but it doesn't count as self-care for her. Here's the thing. Even if those things don't feel like self-care, especially self-care as it's talked about on Instagram, these things are the base definition of it. You can't show up as your best self if you aren't taking care of your body and your mental health. You just can't. I'm sorry. Our bodies will ultimately out us. Migraines, exhaustion, snapping at our families, back pain, twitching, you name it, stress can cause it. They actually thought I was having a stroke at 22 years old because I lost feeling in the left side of my body. After tons of testing, it was stress. I hope you never get to that point because it was really scary, but it's a reminder that you can only delay basic self-care for so long. So the first step to building a self-care practice is to pick one core thing you can change to better take care of yourself. Maybe that's tracking your water intake. Maybe it's ditching soda or giving yourself a bedtime. Maybe it's getting a handle on your budget. Whatever it is, pick it and stick to it until it's second nature. That might be three weeks. It might be a few months, but give yourself the space to develop that talent. Building habits is really hard. It's just is. And the ones that aren't fun and feel boring, and you'd really rather just eat ice cream on the couch at one in the afternoon for your first meal of the day, well, those habits are even harder to build. But while at the beginning it might not feel like it makes a difference, over time you'll see the shift. A shift in the energy you have with your kids. A shift in how you talk to your partner. A shift in how productive and creative you are. I think of the mama who tells me, I can't go to bed at 10 p.m. I have dishes in the sink or I have to do them and I'll never get done. 
But after a week of going to bed at 10 p.m., she has the energy to do the dishes right after dinner, and they aren't sitting in the sink after she's put the kids to bed and zoned out on her phone for an hour. Or, better yet, she actually has the energy and the patience to teach her kids how to help so it's not her job anymore. And one healthy habit makes the next one easier. You get sleep and have energy and you want to go for a walk. You're energized and walking, which puts you in a good mood and you feel good and you want to eat good food. So start the domino effect and do not put a single thing ahead of that habit that you're building. Not one. You'll have slip-ups, sure, but set alarms, tell your family, keep a journal, whatever it takes for you to build the muscle of prioritizing your own wellness. Personally, I'm starting with water. I'm still overcoming back issues from my pregnancy with George over two years later, and that pain is better when I'm hydrated. I can walk more, play more, be less tense, sleep better. So, eight cups a day and no soda. You can keep me to it. Let's talk about the fun stuff. The second strategy is to come at fill your cup self-care with a beginner's mindset. We talked earlier about how often we just don't know what self-care looks like to us. Self-care is so different for everyone, and we have to accept that finding our way is going to have missteps. Let me give you an example. For some people, facials at a nice spa are this relaxing, luxurious experience. I had one once. Never again. It was one of the most uncomfortable experiences. I had this woman all up in my face commenting on my skin and asking about my skincare routine. I felt like I was at the dentist. Do I do I lie? Can she tell that I splash water on my face at night and that, that is my whole skincare routine? It was awful. I'll never do it again. When this happens to you, if you feel your mind going to a place of, oh my God, I just wasted an hour and so much money, and what is wrong with me that other people find this relaxing and I stress through the whole thing, stop, stop that train of nonsense, just stop it. Except that for a while, self-care is going to be trial and error, and that that in itself is a good thing, a worthy thing. It is time you are setting aside to learn about you, about who you are. You might find that what self-care looks like for you depends on your mood or the time of year. You'll figure it out as you go, and what a beautiful thing it is to know yourself. So commit to making time for it, ideally every day, but at least a few times a week. Block it off on your calendar, put it on the family whiteboard and big no one bother mom (laughs) marker, and then just try things. The first few times, no matter what you're doing, you're probably going to spend a big chunk of the time just thinking about all the other things you should be doing. Write those sessions off. Those are like the first pancake. You're still training your brain to prioritize something that's just for you. But keep doing it. Keep doing it until you look forward to those times, until they are a shining point in your day, when you know what you need to do for yourself, no matter your headspace. It's going to be so great. When it comes to this space, my personal strategy that I've been working with is 10 minutes of me time. I set a timer in my phone for 10 minutes in the morning before I'm allowed to sit down and do work. I don't have a set agenda for what I do in that time. Sometimes I read, sometimes I doodle, sometimes I write or even watch a YouTube video on my phone. I try to decide what I'll do based on my mental space when I woke up that morning. And I'm paying attention to how I feel after these different activities because this is still a learning process. And this self-care I want to mention because of the things I listed didn't include this, but sometimes that morning 10 minutes 
isn't something I'm doing alone. It's me writing an email to a friend or telling Jeremiah that we need to put a show on for the boys in the basement and chat just the two of us for 10 minutes. This time can truly be whatever you want it to be, as long as it's something you want deep in your soul. Ideally, I get more than 10 minutes a day. I try to sneak more time after the kids go to bed or in a midday work break if I can swing it. But I find that if I try to put that 10 minutes any other time in the day, it would get looked over far too often. And it would compete at night with my going to bed on time core self-care habit. So I put it in the morning. Choose a time that works for you. Commit to it. Go figure out what fills you up. The third and last strategy is to make this a family affair. Talk to your family about how you're feeling, why self-care needs to be important for everyone in the house, and how you're going to make it work. This is similar to when we talked about creating your family money values in episode 29. Mama, I know. I know one of the most common barriers to self-care on a consistent basis is lack of support. Partners who aren't chipping in as much as we wish they would or who tell us we can have half an hour and then wander off after 10 minutes. Kids who need us every five minutes, it's, it's hard. But we all need to set precedents in our homes that taking care of our own needs is a necessity not an option, not a nice to have. And trust me, I'm not saying that you're going to go to your partner and your kids and say, okay, guys, you need to take over the laundry and the vacuuming so that I can take care of myself. And that they're going to be like, cool, great, mom. Awesome. This might be an ongoing conversation. This might be an adjustment, especially if you're a person who has fit that selfless definition for a long time. Your family may be used to you living in service to them, And they might not want to change that because goodness knows it's easier for them when you do it. But they love you. They do want you to be happy. And so you have to keep expressing your needs and explaining why self-care needs to be a family priority. Keep standing up for yourself. This means talking to your partner about how you can both make protected space for the other's self-care. It's teaching our kids that we love them. And they're amazing, but mama is a person too. And she's got things she needs to do for herself, including going to the bathroom on her own. And we're going to let them know that there are times of the day or week when they got to figure it out to themselves. If your kids are young, this time might mean time in their room or watching TV or playing on the iPad, whatever keeps them out of your space. And this actually reminds me a bit of Christine Michelle Carter on episode 42, talking about how she knew she couldn't be a single working mom who avoided burnout if she didn't have the support and buy-in from her kids, and that she talks to them about what they all need. This is self-care, and I want to center you and your needs. But let's remember that we spent the first half of this episode talking about how we never learned to truly take care of ourselves, not fully not in a way that valued our whole person. Speaking up and demanding time and space for ourselves and our needs is good for us, but it also changes the cycle. It models healthy behavior for our tiny humans. It teaches them that it's okay to say, hey, I think I just need a moment to myself right now, even when that might inconvenience someone else. It lets us come to our partners and our passions and our work full and present. There are gonna be trade-offs. There will be days when keeping your self-care date with yourself will mean the laundry doesn't get put away, or that you ask someone else to help out and the task doesn't get done quite how you wanted it to. This is a learning process for you and for your family. But practice saying over and over and over to yourself, I am 
worthy. I cannot be my full, truest self if I constantly sacrifice myself to others. I owe it to myself and my loved ones to honor me. You've got this, Mama. I'm rooting you on and doing the work right alongside you. Thank you for joining me today to talk about this crucial topic of self-care for moms. I hope you go build a practice that works for you. As a reminder, you can view the full show notes of this episode at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash 47. I love and appreciate you. You're a rock star. Keep talking money, mama. I'll see you next time.